why affirmations don't work and how to get the outcomes you seek. How to go beyond affirmations, mantras, reframing and designing future memory. We've all heard of positive affirmations, but often they don't really get the results you seek. If you say, today's going to be a beautiful day, but you don't believe it, then it probably doesn't work. Let's look at getting beyond affirmations to take your manifesting and magic to a new level. Explore with us the ancient magic of mantras and the power of reframing. We will also look at Norse magic, an idea from there that talks about designing future memories. These are all powerful ways to shift your life into one of more gratitude, more joy and more fulfillment. Hi everybody, this is Steve from Magic Self and Spirit. Welcome to our podcast. It's been an interesting couple of weeks. We didn't do one last week primarily because I'm in Texas and I have been for the last year and Texas went into the most amazing experience for forever for Texas in, in a way. A friend of mine wrote on Facebook the other day, it's been a very long year this week and that kind of summed it up. What happened was for me was that I was writing the course and the book we have on ritual magic and using the backdrop of Norse magic and I was writing about doing magic with the Jotun and the Jotun of the frost giants in Jotunheimer, one of the worlds in Norse magic. And Jotunheimer is like, the place is like the energy of raw power and raw chaos and I was writing about how as a chaos magician of course you could evoke the giants and give a command an offering and a command to do your magic but it's an extraordinarily dangerous way to do it because it is so raw it is so powerful it is so chaotic that the likelihood is that it would rip through your life destroy everything in the process but bring about the outcome you choose and how a better way of working a wiser way of working is to give an offering of something in your life that you're prepared to sacrifice that is in the way of your outcome and either to give that offering because you've done some meditation or other work that brought that knowledge about her in relation to one of the obstacles and how you're causing it and how you're creating it or go to Jotunheim and just open up seek gnosis of one of those obstacles seek knowledge of one of those obstacles just through meditation and then offer up the obstacle to the giants but never state what it is that your intention actually is so i'm writing about this because we teach it in the um, spiritual crossfit gym it's part of the book that we're writing that is actually very nearly finished but delayed because of the events of last week and I just got to the end of writing a ritual that included that kind of work and what we call the transmutational, beg your pardon, meditation that 
really works with different symbols and his guided meditation and a whole range of magic that you can put in there and spirit beings etc hadn't quite got to the end it was about 500 words off the end and there was this great big bang sound and i almost imagined sparks coming out but that was in my third eye that wasn't actually in the physical reality and all the power went out every single bit of the power and i thought mhm mm there had been a few power cuts across texas because the temperature dropped into the my you know into the single numbers fahrenheit into sort of minus 20 minus 30 centigrade there'd been a lot of snow and it was freezing and the whole experience was just huge now i was thinking yeah maybe it'll be out for a few minutes 40 minutes even they've been doing these rolling power cuts to try and solve the power problem in texas for a few days since the snow had started and um within a few hours no within 12 hours we had no heat we had no light we were all sitting under blankets all in one room and then the water went down the pipes across austin burst and we couldn't get out the roads were very icy and snowy we couldn't really get to the shops although a little bit here and there most of the shops were closed you couldn't buy food there was no power there was no heat we were doing our best to keep a hearth fire alight so there was a little bit of heat somewhere but it wasn't strong enough to really warm us up in that period of time we were collecting snow from outside and boiling it so we had some water as well and it was an extraordinary event it went on for days for some people it went on for a number of um, at least a week if not more and it changed everything because it showed me quite how powerful that particular kind of magic was it showed me quite how powerful that even just thinking about it and writing about it and explaining it as a teaching method was enough to set off that whole chain of events from my point of view from my experience within my reality and it has been an enormous journey now i'll talk to you a little bit more about the norse magic further into the podcast and i will talk to you about the mastermind we run in the spiritual crossfit gym and how we're evolving that to you know different levels of things that we can offer people around manifestation around connecting with spirit around the self and how to think and how to work with thoughts and manifestations how to work with magic how to work with different systems and also we're going to have um, access to all of our courses all of our books for everybody all of the time but i'll explain that as we go through the the podcast but anyway let's get into this a little bit why don't affirmations work well they're often just kind of nice thoughts things that perhaps we wish were true and that is where they stay in our wishing if you want to stand in a place of personal power and command your destiny you're going to need to do a little bit better than wishing belief is extraordinarily important here it is the juice it is the driver and then obviously taking actions that empower that belief 
We have a blog called Belief and Manifesting, which I'm sure April will put into comments. And while I mention April, I would like to thank her for this particular podcast. She put most of the heavy lifting into it, and um, it's fabulous, her work here. April is my business partner and runs everything behind the scenes. Anyway, in this blog, we dig into examples of how our emotions and our beliefs are the gas in the car, the juice that drives the vehicle. They provide the driving force that brings our desires towards us. As chaos magicians, we play with the idea of beliefs. We see beliefs as flexible. We see them as tools, not something that has to be permanent. And we can pick and choose a belief today, wear it like a mask, live it and completely believe it in the moment and then take off that mask and put on another one to suit another part of our magic and manifestation. But how do we be how do we build this believing how do we strengthen the muscle of belief so that our manifestation practices work an important way is gratitude so how do we go beyond affirmations well if you think about it affirmations are ungrounded they're focused on hopes dreams and they're focused on allaying fears pushing what we're scared of away they are things that are over there that we may have someday and therefore they always stay in the someday. Gratitude grounds us into the present, connects us with what is right now and from there what is possible. So start by building a gratitude practice. Lean into where you already have or have had success. If you feel like, for example, you do not have enough of something, find a time in your memory when you did have enough of that. Remember that feeling and bring it to now. For example, let's work with the idea of money. I'm sure a number of people are challenged by money at times. So your starting point, let's say, for example, right at the moment that you would build a manifestation process on would be today that you're afraid that you don't have enough money. So most people would go for positive thoughts and affirmations alone, right? But let's start a different way. Think about a time when you did have enough money and breathe into that feeling. Express gratitude that you have ever known that feeling. Now, some of you may say, well, I've never had enough money, but let's take this a stage further. Think about it right now, right now. Do you have enough money for the next 10 minutes? Do you have enough money for today? If the answer is yes, get into gratitude about that. The universe is giving you time to manifest miracles. Be joyful. Sit in this joy and use it as evidence for your new mantra. I always have enough money. Look at how this statement is true right now. No matter how short that now is. This relaxed and grateful state is the perfect place to launch your manifestation process from. You know that your new mantra was true in the past 
and or is true right now. So therefore it can be true in the future. This is the first step. Powerful Mantras Mantras are traditionally used by several ancient cultures. Some of the oldest ones were written in Sanskrit, one of the ancient languages of creation in India primarily. It's believed that the vibration of these words alone cause the energy around and within you to change and to charge. In our work and in our practice, we work with seed sounds. They're like one word mantras that create immense change. They're not even a word, they're a description of a sound. We use, for example, and I use this one a lot in my own magical practice, and that's the sound ah, ah, and how I visualize it and how I feel it and how I sense it is the building of magic both within me and in the universe around me. And I sound that word and I see the magic coming and I imagine, I engage my magical Im imagination. I focus on my belief that this is the magic and then I begin to feel the magic coming and the imagination begins to fill itself in detail and I lift up the magical energy that way. I pull it forth. I call it into existence. We did a blog on chakra healing and manifestation and magic. And in that discussion, we drove into the magic of the seed sounds to affect energies, not only around you, but within your chakra systems. Now, there's a very interesting place there because we have done a number of things here. In that particular blog, we worked with the standard seven Hindu Buddhist chakras that most people are familiar with. But we also uh, ran a course and wrote a book on ancient Egyptian energy and magic where we worked with 13 chakras which work slightly differently and have different colors and we worked with these sounds through those chakras and it was phenomenally powerful so i would highly encourage you to check them both out and we use this idea of sound and mantra sound and seed sound with your chakras in order to get them balanced in the moment because that's much more powerful for manifesting that's much more powerful for being aligned with yourself being aligned with your own energy and being able to open up to receive the experiences and of course if you align your chakras you're going to be in a much better emotional state in order to in gratitude too that's kind of the obvious bit here's a pro tip the wording of your mantra makes a world of difference the wording is quite literal. The universe experiences it that way. If I say, for example, to the universe, I want money. What I'm going to experience isn't money. It's the wanting of money. If I say to the universe, I need money. I'm not going to experience having money unless I'm very lucky, but certainly not as a consequence of good mantra, good commanding the universe, because the universe will give me the experience of needing money, not the money itself. The same is true for hope, 
try wish desire and also it doesn't work in the negatives so I don't want to be poor anymore is going to bring you being more poor because your unconscious mind, which is what opens up the connection to the universe, doesn't work in negatives. It doesn't understand them. So I don't want to be poor as I do want to be poor. By the way, cancel, cancel, cancel universe. And that becomes a very, very powerful process that undermines your intention. If you want to look into that a little bit further, we have a blog for you. We have with all sorts of information called the language of manifesting, where we're really working with that whole idea of how you do that. The next stage I would talk to you about is the programming of your auric field. It's kind of a form of mental telepathy. Your auric field is the area around your body say about the length of your arm right the way around length of both arms yeah where your your energy reaches out to we can program this energy to read a particular way to anyone who comes in contact with with it including ourselves so step one was determining the mantra you're going to work with right now one of april's favorites that she uses a lot of times is only good things happen to me. She's already become grateful for this truth and invested in fully believing it. Now she sets to locking it in place. First tool is meditation. Sit down and really feel the feeling deeply. Explore your past e example. Explore your current moment and then imagine the future where the mantra is true all of the time. Repeat it to yourself like a chant over and over again. And every time you say it, turn the thought over in your head. Explore the places within you that agree with this and all the places that disagree. If you find disagreement, resolve it. Often these are inner children with conflicting examples. Talk to them. Show them how the examples you have chosen work and invite them to imagine the new future with you. There's a whole range of work that we've done on inner child and inner child magic. We wrote a book and a course on inner child, on the inner child in relation to ancient Egyptian magic and we worked it as splintered off parts of your psyche that we you can bring together back into your psyche to heal and we work with the inner child also as the spirit of your unconscious mind that you can raise that you can empower to be extraordinarily aligned with you extraordinarily magic and seeing it as an independent spirit in its own right that is working with you in this life and empowering it in those kind of ways there is so much that we can work with you on that there there's a very very powerful subject and it will begin to change your whole magical manifesting process just by working with the inner child it's also one of my favorites it's just an incredible journey my own inner child smeet really is working as a young adult with me now and it's a very powerful journey doing magic with smeet and working with him as an independent spirit and those kind of things there's such opportunities there 
I found it and people I've worked with have found it extraordinarily freeing, freeing yourself from doubt that kills your manifestations and magic. However, what if it all goes wrong? Let's look at the power of reframing. Now I'm going to read this as if it's me, but I would remind you this is April's wording, just so I don't want you to get confused if you know me. But the work is fabulous. I can hear already your inner child screaming, but not always. Screaming bad things happen. Bad things happen to everyone. And this is where reframing becomes our most powerful tool. Reframing is a term used in NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming. What this means is we find different ways to say or think different things. We develop an empowering way to tell the story to ourselves. I don't mean to lie or delude ourselves. Again, it only works if you believe it. So, this process isn't about changing the facts of what took place. We are looking at the emotions we've attached to the circumstances. We're exploring the decisions our unconscious mind made because this thing happened. Our reframe allows us to tell the story to ourselves in a way that aligns with our mantra. It supports it, provides evidence that the mantra is still true and guiding reality. It keeps us in the driver's seat. We remain in, in power and in control of the emotions and our direction, no matter what the obstacle. There was one technique, and I'm going to come back to this in a second, the reframing, that I remember talking about a number of months ago um, on a podcast, and it's worth revisiting. It comes from some of the Russian magic, the power of luck and, uh, and other things. And one of the things it does when it's working with gratitude is it works with gratitude for the obstacle, and then it makes it totally ridiculous. So... Say, for example, you you are, as we're saying, uh, manifesting money. And you're finding that there are more and more challenges to that. What you do is you start by thanking the obstacle for showing you that the thoughts you have and the words you use and the emotions you are flowing with and the beliefs that you're attaching to are demonstrating that if you continue to hold those thoughts and beliefs that you're going to be unable to manifest your desired outcome. And then you make it absolutely ridiculous. So, um, and therefore it becomes funny. So for something like that, um, thank you. Thank you. Great obstacle for showing me my beliefs about money, my thoughts about money in the immediate, my worries, my fears, my emotions and my beliefs again are actually driving me into a state where I am less able to manifest money. And thank you for showing me that because if I'm less able to manifest money, I'm unable to pay my mortgage, my rent, my food, my bills, etc. And if I'm unable to pay my mortgage, my bills, etc., it means other people are not going to receive money and they're not going to be able to pay theirs. And eventually, if this continues, the whole economy will collapse and everybody in the world will go into starvation. And if everybody in the world goes into starvation, there won't be any motivation and will probably degress and become less like advanced humans and more like animals trying to survive and then we see the end of the human race thank you very much obstacle for showing me that now it's a totally ridiculous story but the obstacle's gone the obstacle's transmuted and transferred 
in that particular way of working with gratitude and it's funny it gets to the point where you're laughing at it and the obstacle's got no power and then you can get straight back into your power but let's go back to reframing even if a lesson hurts it's a lesson so therefore it's a good thing because only good things happen to me this event showed april this this and this which she needed to see so thank you for the opportunity to look a more conservative version of what i've just shown you with the russian magic the necessity to stop allowed me to see where i was out of alignment and a course cracked before i ended in trouble here's how to build the practice of reframing at the end of every day sit down with a journal and write out what happened that day you get to write the story of your day you get to program how you remember it the brain science on this one is a bit wacky you get to decide what you remember and what you let go of most of us focus on or hold onto the angry hurtful or sour bits why this is like putting muddy jeans back in your drawer to put back on in the morning choose to focus on the happy bright and productive bits express gratitude for those rays of sunshine phase two reframe anything that you define as bad unfortunate or annoying clean them up reframe them for example I masterfully handled a difficult situation at work. Susan came at me with drama and, and I did not freak out. I choose right now to celebrate my victory and no longer let it affect me. I am proud of myself for my achievement today and next time I will do even better in X, Y and Z way. Express gratitude for your behavior when you're expressing gratitude sure out to the universe go and talk to a tree in the garden it doesn't matter or the backyard if you're american it doesn't matter express it and you'll put yourself in the energy of it express gratitude for how you can see yourself growing and improving if it still bothers you move to phrase three forgiveness learning to forgive has been a lifelong journey not susan from the previous example she's not important learning to forgive myself for disappointing myself for not handling it as well as i wanted to for getting angry or whatever it may be that you haven't done well enough in your own mind breathe in deeply Hold your breath. Say inside of your head, I forgive myself for believing. Whatever it is, I forgive myself for believing that Susan's drama has anything to do with me. I forgive myself for believing that I should have done better. Or I forgive myself for believing this was worth holding on to. Use any or all of those. Make up ones that fit your situation. With each one, take a new breath. Say the words in your head. But here's the key. Do not ex exhale 
until you've accepted your apology, until you believe in yourself. Again, belief is where all the power is. Programming future memory. I gotta say, some of the Norse mythology and magic is just phenomenal. It just works with things in completely different ways. And this is where some of these ideas come from about future memory. It's partly to do with how you choose to view time. We can use choose to view time of which most of us do most of the time. Sorry for the pun. As linear. As past. Present. And future. Norse magic works with these ideas of the three norns. They're like the three muses and they sit outside of time. They sit at the bottom of the world tree, which is the spine of the universe and holds all the realms in Norse mythology. And the world tree is called the Yggdrasil. And it is phenomenal. One of the muses, an old, old woman, she weaves the past, both the individual past called the weird w-y-r-d and the collective past of your ancestors of your tribes called the orlog the second muse is a beautiful woman called vadandi and she is the weaver of the present and the third muse norn shall we say She's the future. You can hardly see her. You can hardly f get an image of her. She's very ethereal, almost as if she's not there, but she's still there. Now, the interesting thing about the Norn is that they're weaving the past, the present and the future all at the same time. And there's a way of looking at this. Where they are is that outside of the world tree the Yggdrasil and at the bottom of the world tree is this well and they water the roots and they mend the roots where this great big snake underneath is trying to chew it down and the Yggdrasil takes the water for nourishment into its trunk and through its limbs and branches and twigs and, and the well represents the knowledge of everything, the Mimir, the knowledge of everything of the past. And the tree drinks the water because the Norn, as I said, are giving it sustenance. And later during the day, because of the process of dew, releases the water from its leaves into the air and back onto its leaves and it drips down into the well, the Mimir. And the water which is the dew represents the present. The water in Mimir represents the past. The present changes the past. Now we know, for example, that when we get into that way of thinking, if we retell our stories of the past, 
we change our experience of the present. If we do magic to change the experiences of the past, either the weird, our personal, what should we call it? Collections of things we've created, our karma, if you like. Or the orlog, the collective karma of the tribe, of the ancestors. If we change it, now some would say you can't, but if you look at it from the point of view of cyclic time rather than linear time, if you change what's already passed in terms of the stories that you tell yourself in terms of manifestation, you change the experience of the now and therefore you change the experience of the future. And therefore that whole manifestation process comes something different. Now think about it in, in the sense of memory. It's thought that 90 odd percent of the things that we remember actually didn't happen that way from a point of view of linear time. So an event happens. We remember it the way that we remember it based on our responses, based on our emotions, based on our interpretation, based on a whole number of things. And we store it in our body and it stays in our muscles. And the next time we think about that memory, we remember, we put back together the body of the story. We remember, we're remembering from a completely different place. Who I am today is not the same as who I was yesterday. 90% of the cells in my body have changed over the last number of months and it's true of you too. I have breathed in and out. I don't know many how many times an hour but a serious amount of time. And say, for example, I'm sitting with the friends that I'm staying with and we're having a conversation and we're all in the same room, like in the frost last week, like in the snow last week with no power. We've spent a lot of time together. John and Sarah and their two wonderful children and I all together and talking and connecting with each other. And we all breathed in and we all breathed out millions of molecules and I breathed in theirs and they breathed in mine. And who do you, who am I now? them or me it's only an idea that i'm an i it's only a convenience now let us take this further some of the conversations we had not so much with the kids but with each other were actually spiritual and magical conversations they have ideas they have experiences i do i have as well now i changed some of their thinking they changed some of mine so on that level on a spiritual level, am I still the same person as I was before? No, I'm not. And also on a mental level, obviously, ideas-wise, we convince each other in conversation of all sorts of different things. We change who we are all of the time. And from that place of change, we look at the memories based on our interpretations, emotions, and thoughts at that period of time based on being different people. And we look at it anew. And our interpretation of actually what happened changes. So the memory changes. So we store it again. And we do it a number of times each time we remember, each time we put back to the body of the memory. 
So what happened in the past either isn't true or it was told if it was like a world event. It was told by the victors of the war. They created the history. The truth is that the past isn't necessarily true. It isn't necessarily how you remember it. You can change your relationship to it and therefore what it is and was by changing your thinking, by reframing. So let's have a look at the example that April gave of something that happened to her very recently. She was in a busy market in Cambodia in a place where they don't have the level of COVID problems that most other places have in the world, by the way. And she was pickpocketed. Her wallet was stolen and she lost about $80 and a bank card. Her initial response, first she did the normal thing. She freaked out, retraced her steps, went to security counter and filed a report. And then she took a breath and started her practice. I am physically okay. Everything that was taken can be replaced. I can still get home. I am okay. I am grateful that I am okay. Let's go home. Meditation. When I got home, I meditated a moment on these circumstances. Why might this have happened to me? What positive lesson am I being shown? Because I believe my mantra, only good things happen to me. So I just need to look hard enough to find where the universe is proving this to me. Somehow, I need to find how this is a good thing. April had done a year of magic establishing her relationship with the spirit of money. We've got information on how to do that as well. She'll put a link in for you, I'm sure. She had consecrated seed money that she was using to keep growth in her home. Now, when we're talking about seed money to keep growth, we're talking about it in a magical manifestation energy way. We're not talking about it in a in the bank interest way. She physically has it at home. This action was to prove that she was safe with money and money was safe with her. Circumstances had arisen that caused her to spend the money. Super grateful that she had it. But she hadn't had time to get round to replace it in the way she had promised. Now, money is an old god and like many requires a tithe. A token of good faith to get back into the good standing when this realization landed. She was able to reframe her day. The event showed her the strength of her relationship to money. Her promises must be kept. She is grateful for the strength of this relationship because it means she can make back the lost cash easily. The physical wallet she lost was cheap and meant to only be used till she had got a new one. Now is the time to turn up that manifestation process apparently okay so she's been forced to buy a new wallet that she can consecrate to draw more cash towards her this will strengthen her relationship with money further and bring more cash into her life the amount that she lost was about eight percent of what she had promised to keep in her wallet in the home separate okay Money is a generous God. 
Yahweh demands 10%. Money only 8%. She's grateful that money is generous with her. How it turned out. By the end of the night, she'd restored her belief in her mantra. Only good things happened to her. She had designed her future. More money is coming toward me. She was able to sleep easily, having released all of the stress of the experience. The next day, she called card company and got it. a replacement sent to her. They offered to mail it to her internationally at no charge. Two weeks later, she got a raise in her other job that covered the loss in one week. Needless to say, she's going to buy a new wallet to consecrate it and build the money magic even stronger. By reframing it, by getting hold of it, by looking at it from that way, she was able to go into gratitude. She was able to reframe the past, which was actually only a memory that she had constructed from her interpretations and her emotions and beliefs around the circumstance. Sure, the pickpocketing happened, but the upset doesn't have to happen. The seeing it as loss, the anger, why do these things happen to me, blah, blah, blah. Now, I'm not saying April felt all of those things. She can speak for herself on that. But those things are responses and interpretations to a circumstance. They are not the past itself. Beyond affirmations, Mantras reframing and designing a future memory. April says that these practices have literally changed her life. She's able to recover from life events and manifest more powerfully than ever before. She hopes you can see now how much deeper a practice this is than just affirmations, which often don't work. It's not complicated. It's just not easy to start with. But as you build your practice, it's totally worth it. When she says her mantra is aloud to people, they quite often look at her weirdly. They sound outlandish. But the way she says it sounds like she believes them. Because she does. Sure. Some of her favourites to try on, she's very lucky. She always gets a parking spot. Only good things happen to her. She's beautifully supported by the universe, one of the most well-supported people she knows. Now, we've been very, very close for the last few years building this business, and we actually travelled together for six weeks in Latin America, and I can tell you she really is one of the most supported people by the universe that I know, too. Usually, she doesn't even need to say those things because they're ringing in her auric field. Everyone who comes in contact with her already knows that this is true. Because she does. This practice is truly magical and has miraculous results in her life over and over again. We're so happy to have been able to share it with you. The whole process is that there always is a support in the world around you, in the universe around you. You can draw it to you by changing out of this linear thinking that's just about your physical experience now. You can call abundance to you on the winds 
You could speak it out loud to the wind and bring it forward. You can have something melt. You can put a sigil or a rune or something in the snow and it melts away any resistance. The rain can fall with abundance and fill your body with cleansing ready to bring you money. There are just so many ways of working with it just by beginning to change your feelings and your thoughts and your ideas and what you say. Bring them together. Make it a process. Make it congruent. Now some of these ideas we've talked about are in our book. Awaken Ritual Magic. Bask in the sunbeams of Norse sorcery, Norse mythology. We're in a process of growth. We're in a process of change. At present we run a mastermind in our group, the Spiritual CrossFit Gym once a week where the students are a part of that gym we do an open room in there where we discuss the different ideas on the courses we're teaching what's going on with their own spiritual practice their lives etc etc and we do this once a week and it's become powerful and it's become familiar and it's become a really good way of working now we're building this now we're going to turn this up we're going to focus this as the primary way of working within the gym. So we're in the process of restructuring and building a new website. Not getting rid of the old stuff, but building it so it's more effective, more powerful. That's part of how business works. And we're going to build a page, which is a community, which if you join and become part of the community, you have access to powerful weekly masterminds, a lecture, classes if you like, a one-off lecture on different parts of spirituality, magic, manifestation, development of self, etc. once every four or five weeks, and access to every course, all the videos, everything we've written, absolutely everything, at any time you choose as part of that group that we will be building there and it will be like you click on a button so I don't know let's say for this one for example you wanted to develop your knowledge about ritual magic and how to do it and Norse magic and some magic and things so you would click on ritual magic button down the side shall we say and that would give you a sub menu that would give you all the videos of all the classes all the meditations all the rituals the book itself that you've got access to at that point in time and you can go at your own speed now I'm about 5,000 words off finishing this book and course that we're teaching at present and I should do it within the next few days because on the 26th of this month is when I arrived in the US this time got stuck with COVID got stuck with lockdowns then got stuck recently with this as well and April and I have put together eight courses and eight books. We've written eight books. We've written a load of podcast. Uh, sorry, a load of podcast blogs, etc. Yeah. The average professional writer writes a novel a year, which is somewhere between sixty to eighty thousand words. A PhD thesis is about eighty thousand to a hundred thousand words. We've written spiritual content for the community that we teach, that we share, that we build together. And we're on about, at this stage, 450,000 words 
in 12 months. The courses are powerful, the courses are good. You have access to all of them and this is the direction we're going to be taking it. Anyway guys, it's been wonderful working with you. It's been wonderful to be able to share this, these ideas, this storytelling, to weave this magic of manifestation with you so you remember quickie just before we go you can always write an apology for the past and apologize to the universe for thinking that way and remind the universe that you've understood that you're much more powerful than that speak to you all soon take care